the destruction came. Why? Oppression. They refused to stop their oppression. This is serious business, folks. God takes this seriously. I was praying about this week and thinking about this week. You know, I believe God's given me a message to uh, minister to, to us, as particularly believers. This, this message, regardless of your background, color, creed, nationality, wherever you're from, this message is for you and I. You know, as, as believers, as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, as the church of the living God, as the family of God. Hallelujah. And, you know, as I was, um, you know, we've all seen the, uh, the, the video of George Floyd, who was murdered this week for no cause. And, you know, oftentimes, if we're not careful, we can fail to have the emotion necessary because we don't put ourselves in another person's position. Sometimes we don't... Um, uh, oh, let me go back a little bit. I was uh, praying about, um, Lord, what do you, do you have anything to say about, about Thursday? What do you, do you want me to say something? Because we never want to use the pulpit. We never want to use our platform for our own purpose. As ministers of the gospel, it's not about our opinion. It's not so much about our emotions, but it's coming before the people of God very conscientiously and reverently and respectfully uh, to speak, thus says the Lord. And I really felt, I just knelt down, and as I did, I, man, I didn't even pray that long. All of a sudden, Lord gave me Luke 4, 18, and we're going to look at that very shortly. Um, but then, as I was, um, this morning when I woke up, and I've not looked at the images that much, just a few times, and seen what's going on, man, I started weeping for this man and his family. Then I thought about the many others, many, many families you think about a nation. You think about different people and what they're going through. And, and what really what Satan wants to do in, in, in really unleashing death and division and destruction. And so we want to speak God's word to this today. Amen. And I just want you to, to hear this. Believe God. God's word is always for our time to help us. And, and let me say this. You know, oftentimes I was thinking in preparing this, that oftentimes things can happen um, that through association, through influence, things can get into the church. And uh, I thought about in, the, um, in Corinthians, um, Paul warned the believers because of the perverseness of their environment, of their community, that was getting into the church. But oftentimes things can um, be the result or cycles of death and destruction, they can happen because the church has the same thing in it. So we become a party 
to that death and destruction. We're helping to fuel that. And so what my title is today, I want to speak to you on God's answer for racism oppression. God's answer for racism oppression. So remember that phrase. It might be a new phrase for you, but I want you to get, get you hold on to that phrase. God's answer for racism oppression. Let me start by saying this. Think about this. Now, the word race is only a few hundred years old, and it was a word designed to separate people. You've got to keep that in mind. Oppression is to beat down someone. It is to keep someone down. It is to bring them under and to keep them under control. It is to subject them, to subjugate them, to repress them, to oppress them, to assault them. It is tyranny, exploitation. All of the, it is to treat badly with harsh treatment and brutality. All of these things are definitions or pictures of oppression. And so when we talk about racial or racism oppression, it is to oppress someone or keep them under based on one criteria or to legitimize it based on one criteria, and that is their color. Now, we have to talk about this again because the scripture gives us answers for this. And so I'm going to talk, talk about some things. Now, please understand, because some people don't talk about these issues clearly according to what the Word says, oftentimes people are uncomfortable about these issues. But you've got to understand, God has set us to be salt and light. And what does salt, Jesus said, we're the light of the world, we are the salt of the earth. What does salt do? It preserves. What does light do? It exposes things that are not right. And so the church is a preserving agent. It is a light agent. It shines light so we can see where we're going. It shines light to show what's not right so we can correct it. We are salt, salt of the earth. Why? To preserve it. So without salt, what happens? Things decay. What happens? Things are destroyed. So you've got to understand God is a good God. And he gives us his word. Why? Because he wants preservation. He wants life. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. And so I want to look at a few scriptures today. Psalms 72. So Psalm 72 is the scripture we're going to look at today. Psalm 72. It's a great scripture. Because the first thing as a believer, if you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, the first thing God wants you to know is that he hates oppression. He hates racism oppression. He hates it. He will redeem their life from oppression and violence. And precious shall be their blood in his sight. Look at that scripture. This is God saying he will redeem their life from oppression. So we know then God is not the author of, of oppression. And violence and precious shall be their life in his sight. See, that tells me then the lowest of the low, God sees their life as precious, as beautiful. Now, Isaiah 58 
Is not this, verse 6, the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free? Look at that. God said, let the oppressed go free. That God is communicating his will. Is commun and in this time you're telling them, and this time they were bragging on their what they called a fast, but he said, This is what I call a fast. This is what honors me. So obviously, these were people in positions of authority, and he says, I want you to let the oppressed go free. Hallelujah. Those who've been under, I want you to let them go free. I want you to set them free. Hallelujah. Now here's another scripture. Jeremiah. 34. Jeremiah 34. Now, what you need to understand, if you don't understand the Old Testament, when God delivered Israel out of Egyptian bondage, he set certain laws and principles in their constitution, if you will, to make sure people were free and that even if they got in bondage, that they would have a day of freedom, they would be able to look forward to freedom. So, uh, Jeremiah 34, now listen to this carefully. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord after Jedekiah had made a covenant with all the people who were at Jerusalem to proclaim liberty to them, that every man should set free his male and free female slave. Listen to this carefully. A man, Hebrew woman or man, that no one should keep a Jewish brother in bondage. And so what he says now, now when all the princes, the leaders, and all the people who had entered into the covenant heard that everyone should set free his male and female slaves, that no one should keep them in bondage anymore, they obeyed and let them go. Now remember, this was something they should have been doing before. It was established in the law of Moses, but they stopped doing it. So they made a new covenant to obey God in it. But look at verse 11. Afterward, they changed their minds and made the male and female slaves return whom they had set free and brought them into subjection as male and female slaves. Can you see what that is now? These people who are now, who are their slaves, they're now obeying, let them go. After there was a certain time period, it was a year of Jubilee. Every seven years, there was the year of Jubilee. What happened? So now, set them free, let them go. Now they're, they're changing their mind. Why? Because oppressors like to control people. Mm -hmm. They like to limit people's freedom. They want, they don't want other people to be independent of themselves and use their own creativity, their own imagination to create their own life and their own future. They want to keep them to build on their slave labor, if you will. Therefore, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Now, listen, I'm telling you, God hates oppression. He hates it. Now, because they did this, listen to what Jeremiah speaks by the word of the Lord in 13. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I made a covenant with your fathers in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, saying, at the end of seven years, let every man set 
free his Hebrew brother who has been sold to him, whom he has served for six years. You shall let him go free. But your fathers did not obey me, nor incline their ear. Then you recently turned and did that was, which was right in my sight. See, for a long time, years, didn't do what God told them to do. Ignored what God said as if he never said it. Now think about that. Now think about this. Now, they were already under another nation. Think about this. But they were holding their own people in captivity beyond the time God authorized them. Your fathers didn't obey me nor incline your ears. Then you recently turned and did that which was right in my sight. Every man proclaiming liberty. Remember that phrase, proclaiming liberty to his neighbor. And you made a covenant before me in the house which is called by my name. Then you turned around and profaned my name. Look at that. And every one of you, remember they were called by the name of the Lord. And he said, you profaned my name. You've made me look bad. Listen, I called you. I delivered you. I put my name on you as a nation. And look at what you've done. You brought back your male and female slaves whom you had set at liberty, at their pleasure, and brought them back into subjection to be your male and female slaves. Listen to what he says now. Listen to what he says. Because they did this. Therefore, thus says the Lord, you have not obeyed me in proclaiming liberty. Every one of you to his brother and every one to his neighbor. Behold, I proclaim liberty to you, says the Lord. Listen to this. To the sword. In other words, this is what's going to happen now. The sword's going to come. Pestilence and famine. Now listen, it's not what God was saying. His hand was going to come off of them. So these things, now they'd be exposed to these things. The sword, pestilence, and famine. And I will deliver you to trouble among all the kingdoms of the earth. And I will give men who have transgressed my covenant, who have not performed the words of the covenant, which they made before me when they cut the calf in two and passed between them. Listen, these are religious people. They made a covenant with God. They knew what they were doing. Can you see how egregious this was in the sight of God? He says, the princes of Judah, not the leaders, the princes of Jerusalem. These are the top-ranking officials, the eunuchs, the priests. All, listen, religious leaders, all the people of the land who passed between their part. In other words, you, you're, you're religious people. You made a covenant. You know better than this. Listen, I'm going to give them into the hand of their enemies and into the hand of those who seek their life. Their dead bodies shall be for meat for the birds of the heaven and the beasts of the earth. And I will give Zedekiah, king of Judah, and his princes into the hand of their enemies, into the hand of those who seek their life, into the hand of the king of Babylon's army, which has gone back from you. Behold, I will command, says the Lord, and cause them to return to this land. They will fight against it. They will take it and burn it with fire. And I will make the cities of Judah a desolation without inhabitant the destruction came why oppression they refused to stop their oppression this is serious business folks god takes this seriously they refused it they refused it. Listen, God, again, God set the law of liberty, jubilee in their nation to set people free. 
from servitude, to set people free from bondage, to set people free from being under the control, the manipulation, the oppression of others. And they refused it. And what happened? Destruction came to them. Their leaders suffered. That nation suffered. Listen, because of their own choice to, be, to live off and by oppression. Now, here's a great scripture. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. God hates oppression. He hates it. Every form of oppression, doesn't matter how it's legitimized, he hates oppression. Oppression hinders people. It binds people. It limits people. It causes them not to realize their purpose, their God-given purpose and destiny. Now, here's this. Look at Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Uh, you're going to see this scripture in a new light today, I promise you. Luke chapter 4. This is Jesus now. Remember, this is the beginning of his ministry. He says, the Spirit, verse 18, of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, listen to this now, to proclaim the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord. Now, I want you to read down a little bit. I think I might have read down last week. And I said last week, at the end of this, remember, you would think everything he preached was good. This was good news. This is good news. The six, we could say, planks to his platform says, God's anointed me to do this. This is good news. Now, you need to see a big part of that, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. That's why we know God hates oppression. He wants freedom for all that are oppressed. But yeah, I saw something this morning. I wondered now, verse 28, when Jesus proclaims this, a few minutes after, he says, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. In other words, it's right now. God is demanding it now. He wants it enforced now. But look at their response. Verse 28, all those in the synagogue, when they heard these words, were filled with wrath. Can you imagine? Now, wrath is when your, your anger becomes so strong, it overtakes you. And we could say it almost takes control of you, your body, can, takes control of your faculties, and then you, it uses your body to do wrong. So that's when now when people are filled with wrath, words come out of their mouth, and then they realize, oh my God. See, that got unto them. Now, they got so angry, they rose up to kill him. They said they wanted to throw him off a cliff in verse 29. And of course, the Spirit of God, you know, caused him to escape out of their midst. They wanted to kill him. Now, think about this. You've got to see this scripture in a new light. Because why, I'm asking now, why were they angry? It doesn't make sense. Now, why were they angry? And I thought, well, who must have been in the synagogue? Who was listening to this? Well, there were rulers. There were leaders. There were people of influence. 
when he spoke those words, now think about this. They didn't want to give up their control. This is like another time in Jeremiah's that Jesus comes on the scene, announces proclamation. So this was a judgment. He was saying, listen, I want freedom. He was giving them a way out. He wanted to elevate the nation. Are you listening to what I'm saying? He wanted to elevate the nation. My message changed a little bit because there's some other things I want to share, but I got to spend a bit more time on this because I saw this when I was reading this scripture. I saw it in a different light. He was called, he was proclaiming liberty. There was oppression going on all over the place. They were repeating what their forefathers did, ignoring what the scripture said about letting people go. They got comfortable. They refused to let go of slave labor. They refused to stop allowing their economy to be run by those who were oppressed. They wanted to prolong their servitude. They ignored what God said. Can you imagine their systems in that Jewish day? Think about in their nation as a Jewish people, every level of their society, religious, political, um, legal, financial, business, everything was work. Listen, was working by the spirit of oppression. Jesus came and said, now let them go free. He was giving them as a nation the way out. He was giving them as a nation a way for a better future. Are you listening to what I'm saying? They were saying no, no to what? No, they got angry. Why did they get angry? No, we're not letting go of our control. We're not letting go of controlling these people and continuing to use them for our benefit. We're not going to let go of this free labor. We're not going to let go of oppression, of being able to willfully treat people the way we want to treat them. Are you listening to what I'm, That's the spirit of oppression. They got, I thought, all of us, I saw it. I thought, oh my goodness. Jesus gave them, gave them an answer, gave them a command from the spirit of God, from the heavenly father, the same God who set them free out of Egyptian bondage. And they refused they didn't care. Now think about it. Isn't it amazing? What is it? 70 years later, that enti- their temple got destroyed. Everything got destroyed. They got scattered as a nation. I'm telling you, folks, listen to me. Christians, if you're not careful, you're thinking just about heaven. And if God only wanted you to go to heaven, when you receive Jesus, He would have given you a one-way ticket straight to heaven. But while we're on this planet, he's given us a message. He's given us a responsibility to not be oppressors. And you got to remember, if many of us, some of us, we might be doing well. You got enough money in the bank. You're living in a nice home. You've got transportation. You've got money coming in. You've got some level of comfort. And if you're not careful, I'm telling you, you could forget, you could lose sight of what causes God's heart to ache. I'm telling you, all of us are just weeping for those families. But then I'm thinking about a nation. I'm telling God is saying, will you let the oppressed go free? And the church has a responsibility in this. We must be the highest and the loudest voice because we know our heavenly father and we know his word. 
on what it says about oppression and freedom and liberty. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Oh, you know, we, we're, I think about this. When you understand this, there's a responsibility of the church now that whoever is your trustees, whoever are your bankers, whoever are your political leaders, whoever, what, whatever level of leadership, you have a responsibility. Are they oppressors? Do they have a track record of oppression? Are they selfish, self-centered people who keep a system of oppression going? Are they, are they are about, listen to me, are they are about letting people go free? so they can create their own future and their own independence. We're not talking about a welfare system, but we're talking about a freedom, a liberty, where men are able to create their own life, their own future, their own destiny, their own liberty. Praise God, hallelujah, without, but my God, without being hindered, without being oppressed, hallelujah. Oh, God, deliver us from this. Oh, God, deliver us from this racism oppression. Oh, God, deliver us in the name of Jesus. Deliver us from this injustice. Deliver us from this cruelty. Oh, God, deliver us. Deliver our, deliver our cities. Deliver our governments. Deliver our law enforcement. Deliver our neighborhoods. Deliver our economic systems from all this oppression. Oh, God, deliver us. Thank you for tuning into our program today. If this program has been a blessing to you, I encourage you to become a monthly partner to help us to share God's word to the nations. As a thank you, I'd like to send you a copy of my book, Foundation for Leaders 101, which will help you to take your place in the body of Christ and in the world. Again, thank you for being a monthly partner. Thanks again for tuning into Healing for the Nations. If this program has been a real blessing and benefit to you, I need your help to keep this program on the air in your area and in your city. You know, we have financial partners who partner with us every month to keep this program on the air, and we'd like you to partner with this program. You can do so by giving uh, a check to Foundation for Life, so write it to that uh, name specifically, and send it to 736 1995 Western Road in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, M9N3W9. We also receive e-transfers at info at foundationforlife.ca and also credit cards via foundationforlife.ca. We really appreciate your support and thank you for helping us to preach the gospel throughout your city and throughout this nation. Now, please allow me to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these partners as they give to the preaching of the Word of God so many lives can be saved, healed, delivered, and set free by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I thank you that as they partner and sow seed this month, we believe the Word of God as they give, it is being given to them. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into their bosom. We thank you for your word that the Lord is their shepherd. They shall not lack and they shall not want. And I thank you that my God shall supply all of their needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So I thank you for blessing their lives now in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much again for your partnership. We appreciate your love and support. 
Thank you for joining us today on Healing for the Nations with Pastor Carl Lewis. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we encourage you to partner with us financially to continue the teaching of God's Word. To give, please write to Foundation for Life Christian Ministries or securely online at foundationforlife.ca. Healing for the Nations is a ministry of Foundation for Life Christian Ministries. Visit foundationforlife.ca and avail yourself of our valuable life-building resources for free. Join us next time on Healing for the Nations.